Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports, as well as the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Uh, Ravens beat the Falcons um, 17-9, in which we didn't have an opportunity to talk about because, you know, Merry Christmas and stuff. <laughs> but right. um, let's get an opportunity to kind of gloss over what we saw on Saturday. Um, I felt, Cordell, that that was a much more um, balanced and better play-calling situation offensively. Now, the end bothered me a little bit because Mm -hmm. you got cute, and once again, Greg Roman gets in his own head and just really doesn't have a feel of what to do in a game like that. But this is the story of his life, as far as I'm concerned, as a Ravens fan. Um, You know, his situational offensive play calling can can struggle. But I felt like prior to the end of the football game, I felt that um, it was pretty well done. And it was something that was necessary. You know, the Ravens finally had a situation where they ran the ball more than they passed. Um, And so that's essentially what the Ravens asked for. Uh, You ended the day with Tyler Huntley only passing 17 times. Look, that's what you need here. And then you had your running backs, you know, really doing their thing. J.K. Dobbins had 
12 carries. Um, Gus Edwards had 11 carries. Both guys, uh, well, J.K. Dobbins was nearly at five yards a carry, while Gus Edwards averaged nine yards a carry. And Tyler Huntley as well rushed for 11 yards. So that, my math says that's 32 times that they rushed, as opposed to the 17 that they passed. So that's what the Ravens should have been doing, I don't know, the whole time that Lamar has not played. <laughs> I'm confused as what took it so long for us to get here, but at least we got here, right? And in doing so, it helped clinch a playoff berth for the Ravens, um, you know, in, in turn. So that did well. You know, the defense for the most part, I mean, I don't know what was going on here. The the, the guys that you had to look out for, particularly uh, London uh, Drake London. I wanted to call him London Drake so bad because I feel like that's a better name. <laughs> Drake London, Drake London was the guy that was doing the most work. And I just couldn't understand because it's literally the guy that you have to worry about on this offense. And so for whatever reason, they allowed that dude to go off, but essentially only getting nine total points um, for the game. So it's still some issues, Cordell. But at the end of the day, I guess you have to look at it and say, well, they did clinch a playoff berth. It is a win. You got to take what you can get because at this point, it's not going to be pretty anymore this season anyway. No, it's not. I mean, you know, what you got Saturday is pretty much all you can ask for. They they double up on rushing attempts to passing attempts. They got 34 rushing attempts to 17 passes. Um, you'll take that on, on offensively. J.K. Dobbins still can't get past that 15-carry threshold. Uh, only has 12 carries in this game. And I would argue J.K. Dobbins probably could have got at least Five more. I mean, there's no reason Tyler Huntley should have 11 carries. He only had 26 yards. That's my one gripe. And well, not my one. That's probably one of two gripes with the play calling. Uh, like you, I did I wasn't exactly uh ecstatic about the end of the game play calling um on that last drive on that one drive in the fourth quarter where they really could have used that to milk the clock. Um, Greg Roman, he runs, I think, the first two times. The first time is a uh, Gus Edwards 14-yard carry, I believe. And then the next time, Gus Edwards only goes for a yard, and then he wants to start throwing the ball all over the field again. And that ends up resulting in two straight incompletions and a punt. Um, and it's like I said, it's like they Greg Roman does not feel comfortable running the ball unless they're getting chunk plays on the ground. Once they stop getting those chunk plays, he has to he feels like he has to convert back to the passing game, which is clearly not there. I mean, they were able to hit on a couple of down the field throws, uh, the one off the script throw to Sammy Watkins with Tyler Huntley rolling out to the right. That was a pretty good throw up the sideline. The one to uh Mark Andrews as well was a pretty good one, but other than that. I mean, those were pretty the highlight, pretty much the highlights in the passing game for for Tyler Huntley. He took care of the ball. I like that part about it. Um, I mean, overall, the pass game is what it is. He throws the touchdown to a receiver for the first time since week three. You know, I, I honestly thought, and this is with a low bar that Tyler that Tyler Huntley has set for himself so far this year as a starter. I thought that was his best game as a starting quarterback for the Ravens this year. Um, yeah. Uh, just just in terms of him looking comfortable back there, in terms of him protecting the ball, um, him not having any overly terrible plays. I mean, there were some inaccurate passes that he threw for sure, um, and he still missed a couple of guys, Mark Andrews in, in uh, specific. 
uh, was a little upset throughout the game. Uh, Understandably so. Points. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's upset he's not getting the targets he feels like he should get. He, Mark Andrews was winning in a couple of one-on-one situations, yep. especially in the red zone, and Tyler Huntley just doesn't see him or doesn't throw the ball to him. And, you know, you got Mark Andrews kicking Gatorade bottles on the sidelines. It's, it was crazy. Um, but like he said, after the game, it's just competitiveness. You know, he wants to win. He wants to be the best. And right now he's not able to really be at his best self. Some portion due to, you know, health. I, I like you don't believe Mark Andrews is fully healthy, but also, you know, quarterback play is drastically down yep. uh, right now for the Ravens. So um, I, I do like the fact that Roman, for the most part in this game, took the ball out of Huntley's hands. I'm not yes. crazy about the 11 carries for Huntley, and most of them were designed runs. Yep. Huntley does not need 11 carries. He's not Lamar. He can. He's mobile. He can move to a degree. I'll tell you this, though. One thing that you can tell a difference about him and Lamar is how they both finish runs. Lamar does not get hit the way Tyler Huntley gets hit. And Lamar goes in the middle of the field. Lamar's not a slider, but Lamar knows how to finish runs. He knows how to lower his shoulder and not end up on his back. He doesn't take too many clean shots. Uh, but Tyler Huntley, man, every time he gets hit, it looks like he's about to go into a concussion protocol. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't really understand why they keep calling these quarterback design runs for him, considering if he goes down, you know, I, Lamar's not coming out there to save you. You got Anthony Brown and Brett Hundley. So, you know, I, I, I don't I'm not crazy about that. I thought some of them were maybe misread by Tyler Huntley on some of those read options. Uh, he probably shouldn't have kept it when he did. Um, Andy Isabella's out there, and a couple of times Andy Isabella could have got the ball on, could have got the ball on a jet sweep, yep. and, and and scored. Um, yep. I don't know if those plays were not designed for him or if it was just a read situation, but um, they Tyler Huntley doesn't need eleven carries. Like I yeah. said, J.K. Dobbins only had twelve. J.K. Dobbins easily could have got five, could have got three to four more carries, and Gus Edwards, who only had eleven, who had the same amount of carries as Tyler Huntley. Had 99 yards. He's averaging yep. nine yards a pop. Give these guys the carries, not Tyler Huntley. If Tyler Huntley's got to do a scramble drill or take off on a pass play, that's one thing. But you don't need to be sitting there calling the quarterback design runs for him. Some of the plays that they really love to run as far as quarterback design runs that normally go for like 40 yards with Lamar are going for like eight yards with Tyler Huntley. It's not the same. They're not yeah. the same player. So that was – my main gripe offensively, uh, defensively, yeah, Drake London had himself a day. This is now, what, the third straight week that Marlon is kind of, you know, yeah, struggling against some of these bigger body receivers, some of yep. these guys that can go up and make plays with the ball yep. in the air. Credit to Marlon. He had a nice punch, punch out, uh, fruit punch on the uh, fumble on Drake London. That was well-timed, a well-placed punch out. Um, and they needed it right there because Atlanta was driving. They were in sure the red zone. They, they were going to be in the red zone. They were about 10 or 15 yards away from the red zone. So um, that, that was a key play in the game for sure. Um, but other than that, I mean, the run game, Tyler Algier, he, he had a day on the ground. He, he yep. looked pretty good, and that was to be expected with Calais Campbell out. I mean, he didn't touch 100 yards, but he was productive. 18 carries for 74 yards. You'll take it. Um 
Desmond Ritter throws for over 200 yards. Again, the Ravens aren't able to get an interception. If it wasn't for the Marlin punch out, they wouldn't have had a turnover at all in this yeah. game. Um, that's kind of worrying me. And the fact that the, the pass rush is kind of dying down is worrying me as well. Only one sack for the Ravens in this game. Um, yep. And so uh, I, I just I just feel like the, the, the defense, again, played well enough to win. But there are things happening that is a little worrisome. We still don't know how long Calais Campbell's going to be out. Um, they, they're going up against Pittsburgh this week, who is running the ball pretty well right now with Najee Harris. They're going to need Calais Campbell back for that AFC North matchup against them. Even the, even the following week against Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan in the Bengals, you know. Yep. So um, I'm a little worried, and I think Calais has a little bit of an impact as well on the lack of pass rush. Not that the pass rush has been great the last couple of games regardless, um, but it's, it's definitely a step down when Calais isn't out there. They're not getting that pressure up the middle that they were uh, before Justin Matabike. He's playing solid, but he is not making – he's not leaving his, his fingerprint on the game. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus He's, he's not, not Calais. He's just not. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Travis Jones has played well and in, in, in yeah. when he's played too. But again, I think Calais gives you the, from a consistency standpoint, I think he um, it, it is more important at that position um, because he is so dynamic and because he's so consistent at what he does. So I, I, I get that. Um, but yeah, like, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know what was going going on from a defensive perspective. This is a team in the Falcons that typically run the ball really well. And um, in addition to that, they were able to pass the ball pretty well. I mean, Ritter literally had 97 passing yards the week before. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's over 200 yards. And, he, and, and the funny thing is, too, Cordell, when you watch the game, there's guys getting open. Ritter is really the reason. And why there, you know, you know, that some things didn't happen. There was a couple fourth down plays where they went for, and like the first fourth, it's either the first or the second fourth down play. I can't recall, but um, you got a guy open and he just can't connect with him. But if he get if he does, that's six. I mean, literally. So the Ravens got lucky that Ritter's not that good, but ultimately. It is continuously a problem in what is going on with this defense. To me, there's so much inconsistency. You're right. From the pass rush perspective, 
which is allowing quarterbacks to get this kind of time. And then, you know, obviously the secondary is struggling a little bit because as you've already mentioned, Marlon has not played. He's still not giving up touchdowns, which is what you want, right? But then there's some other plays that he's giving up that's allowing the chains to be moved. So it's it's potentially problematic when you start looking at playing teams like um, Cincinnati in two weeks who right now are playing Playing, you know, really good football right now, or if you somehow have to play Jaguars again in the playoffs, or if you somehow have to play the Kansas City Chiefs, it is something that's concerning oh, because you I have mean, to you know, find against, some consistency. Against the Steelers. Yeah. Like, you know, so, Pickens got his, did his thing against Marlon the last time they played. So, yeah, I, yeah. you know, these, these bigger body receivers are, are giving him a little bit of a problem right now. Yeah, so the Ravens have to find a way to to, to neutralize that. I, I don't know what that means. What's the, the situation with Ajabo? We saw that he had what literally he was he had one snap, I believe, in this debut, and then he was inactive um, last week. Do they feel as though that this is a situation where he's not necessarily healthy, or they they just didn't feel like it was a need for him? I, I I got a I got a, a feeling that we wasn't going to see a job this week against a team that is predominantly that predominantly wants to run the ball. Um, it's it, it probably isn't the time to throw out a guy who's really a, a big time pass rusher out there, especially if it was cold and everything. Like I, I can't I'm making up excuses for them to be honest. Um, I, I don't know. They, you know, I, I think that he is not really where they thought that he would be at this time. I thought that they were overly optimistic about his return when they drafted him. They had it in their minds that David Ajabo was going to show up at some point around this time of year. Um, yeah, I thought that was a long shot at best, but they've continued to show that optimism. So I'm kind of been going along with what they've been saying. Right. Uh, but the proof is in the pudding. You, you you see it out there. Last week, only a snap on defense. Um, this week, he's inactive. Next week, probably going to be the same case. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what the plans for Ajabo uh, are are right now. Uh, but, but you look at this team down the stretch, got Pittsburgh coming in. Um, this is a game that they obviously need to win. I mean, their division hopes are kind of dwindling right now they've already locked up the playoff spot which is great um but their their hopes to win this division are kind of slipping away they they're really rooting for the bills this week because cincinnati yeah. has been looking uh like a juggernaut in the afc again so the ravens yeah. um whether it's pretty or not they just gotta win go out and you don't have to win pretty against pittsburgh you know it's probably the uglier the better uh again against that team um, but as far as Atlanta goes, I mean, I didn't really learn much about this team against Atlanta, to right. be honest with you. I mean, this was a game where, okay, they took care of business. They finally got to running the ball. Defensively, they, you know, had a little bit of bend but don't break in them, weren't able to really get to the quarterback, couldn't really uh, stop the run a whole lot in the second half, couldn't really deal with Drake London really at all. Um, but all in all, it came down to them being the more talented team and them getting some calls to go their way. Uh, the, the, they Nobody could blame the refs uh, if you're a Ravens fan uh, this past week because they, they, they got a lot of calls that went their way. Not saying that some of those calls weren't right. Some of them were questionable. 
uh, yeah. at best. Yeah. Uh, at, at best. So, you know, it, everything just kind of rolled the Ravens' way and they were able to to get a, a much-needed win, clinch a playoff berth. Uh, that's, that's step one, clinching a playoff berth. So now we'll, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I agree with you. There was some home cooking that I ain't never really seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? So you're right. They had the ball bounce their way a couple times. But ultimately, like you said, I mean, look, a win is a win. And um, they find a way to clinch the division. And now they are looking forward to trying to get more into winning um I, the, I said uh, clinch the division, clinch a playoff berth. I apologize. Now they want to try to clinch the division. And like you said, you have to be a Bills fan. I know I know Ravens fans, you don't want to do it. But sometimes you got to do the lesser of two evils. And in this situation, that means you have to be a low-key fan of Bills Mafia this weekend. If you want a little bit of hope of trying to win <laughs> the AFC North, you're going to have to root for the Buffalo Bills. That's just what's going to have to happen. Uh, sorry to tell you, but that's how this is going to have to go and uh hopefully some luck goes your way so then you can compete for the afc north in week 18 